Welcome to Girls Are the New Boys, a podcast for girls like me and the boys who date them. I'm your host, Abby, and I'll make you feel things. I had this really cute, like articulate, well thought out intro for you, but then I realized I actually wrote a blog about you or a woman like you before we even met. So for everyone listening, Patty is like the effortlessly like well put together looking woman with like head to toe designer and flawless skin and booty and boobs and like four inch heels, you know, hailing a cab with thick long hair, um, billowing in the wind. And meanwhile, I'm like have spilled coffee on my shirt and like sneakers and like a messy bun and no makeup and it's like you want to be like her and you almost want to hate her except knowing patty she's also kind and like a really hard worker and generous and it's like annoying because you can't even hate her so and now she's a mother a business owner wife and an author of the book face fitness which is what i want to talk about today hi patty how are you oh my gosh that's such an intro thank you <laughs> um i'm so good abby so nice to see you and um talk to you and have this like pj party what a great idea and um yeah i'm so proud of you with this new podcast also um i just wanted to like i am the one that asked you if i could be a guest so um i'm very proud of you Thank you. I was so honored. I wanted to reach out to you, but I was like, oh, I don't know if Patty would be down. And so when you did that, I was like, oh, she's the woman in the intro that I just talked about. So let's let's talk about this book. I wanted to open up with something that you wrote uh, in the intro, actually. And I'm just going to read a few of the sentences. So for everyone listening, this is a, a whole paragraph, but I'm just going to um, read a few sentences. Definitely pick up the book so you can read the whole thing. Uh, and it starts, my stepfather was a very big influence throughout my adolescence and into my adult years. He was a well-educated man with a PhD in psychology. He was always very well-dressed and well-spoken and very focused on appearance. He taught me how to massage the bridge of my nose to make it narrower and less flat, which uh, I grew up learning how to do in the Filipino culture as well. He made it clear how important it was to look good to the outside world, which led me to spend a lot of time dwelling on my height, my weight, and my face. And so when I read that, you know, it does show, or you do say that, you know, you had both of your fathers still in your life, which is great. I think also as someone that had no father figure in your life, I thought that was awesome, but I'm sure it had, you know, maybe it's, it's pros and cons. How did your stepdad's focus on outward appearance both help and maybe hurt you? Yeah. Um, you know, this is such a great question and and um, I actually got the inspiration to talk about my dad's um, because I was reading the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, around that time that I was writing it. And I love the duality of having, you know, both sides. So my real dad, he was not able to be there for me throughout my childhood and through my adolescence. So um, that part, I feel like um, might have been a challenge for me at the time. However, I was very I am very grateful I had my stepdad. So in a lot of ways, like all of the challenges that I had with him and growing up so insecure and thinking so much about um, my exterior and how I can improve my exterior and constantly just worrying about all the little things, all of those challenges I feel really led me to focus on, yes, my exterior, but it also led me to what is now my career. So I really feel that it was more of a blessing than anything else. I think all challenges come with 
um, lessons. And I really believe a lot of the lessons that were taught were based around, you know, feeling good is, is the essential thing, thing here. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. great. And then going back to kind of like the massaging of the nose, which I said, you know, they definitely do in in a lot of, I think, Eastern cultures. I I definitely think it's maybe, or just in my eyes, like a Western standard of beauty to have that, you know, like that bridge. So it's nice to see actually for me, Western culture exploring Eastern beauty um, practices more. Although I think some people would argue that it's, there's, you know, bad side to it as well. Uh, Gua sha, for instance, is, you know, Eastern practice and it's become very popular. So as someone who identifies as Korean or Korean American, how do you feel about the rest of the world uh, opening up and accepting, you know, Korean skincare and other Asian beauty practices? Yeah, you know, um, I think that this is something that I probably was exposed to as a very little girl also, because um, I mean, you're talking specifically in K-beauty and the beauty industry. I feel that I was exposed to it as a child with my father as a um, Grand Taekwondo master. He brought, he was one of the pioneers um, in the 80s to bring Taekwondo here and to really kind of westernize it a little bit mm-hmm. and make it marketable um, in the U.S. And him and along with my my uncles, they were all in the Taekwondo art. And so a lot of that, I think, was very much appreciated by, by Western culture and the masters that he trained back then. I think that they were more appreciative of it than anything else. Um, I never saw any kind of like cultural appropriation or anything like that. So I had a very positive experience with it. And so now moving forward, um, fast forward now in 2021, Gua Sha is super popular. All of the Asian, you know, found founded techniques are mm-hmm. so popular. And really for the most part, I've also felt the same kind of appreciation for it. So I think that I think the key thing here is um, providing education on it and really not forgetting what the the legacy is and where it comes from and all of that. And I think a lot of the companies that do provide that do provide that product, whether it's gua sha or whatever tool it is, they really do provide education out, at least from what I see. Mm-hmm. And my company, um, Sunina Skin, also carries gua sha. I have it right next to me. I but. Love it. I'm glad that you do have, um, for the most part, you know, or actually all the parts, uh, good experiences with that, because I know so many stories um, where they don't. And so I think it's good and important to highlight that, you know, there are lots of Western or communities here that are accepting and aren't exploiting. And so I feel like along with, you know, all these Eastern practices, I think which is, I believe, a part of self-care. Face fitness is a part of self-care. Beauty is a part of self-care. I think self-care in general is also, or has also become way more mainstream in the past you know, few years. And I am personally thankful for it. But I think some, again, people can argue that it's kind of becoming disingenuine and people are more for it into like the money. I know you um, have always mindful since I've known you and into, you know, mental health, but a lot of people don't know that. So how do you kind of like walk the line or how do you navigate, you know, staying true to yourself with the products that you're selling with the book? without like coming off as cheesy. And I think you mentioned it either on Instagram 
uh, yeah, I think that's where I saw it on Instagram about face yoga. Um, so if you can kind of yes. put that into your story as well. Yeah. So what I was thinking about with face yoga was I didn't really connect with it because I don't know, make just making the funny faces and everything. I mean, I know I'm sure, and I know it works because there is truth to stretching your facial muscles and everything. I just believe in the um, movement aspect of it, stretch and movement. I did speak on it a little bit, but in order to answer your question, I think um, in order to stay away from like being cheesy is to really believe in what you're doing and, and, and just that just staying true to um, what you believe in, because if you are trying to create some kind of fluff around it or whatever, it's, it's not going to feel real and people are not going to connect with it. And for me, it's about like surrounding what I'm doing with education and reasoning Mm -hmm. of why you're doing what you're doing versus just you know, showing it. So um, I like to talk about like the blood flow that comes to your face when you're doing the exercises and how you feel good and how you can really activate your mental health while you're doing the exercises. There's a lot that goes into it that, and, and the reason why I do believe in it is because I have felt it for myself Mm -hmm. And I felt um, the awakening while I was doing all of the workouts and all of the the facial techniques and, um, and, and really like feeling that awakening within me. So that that's what keeps me, I think, staying true to the technique. And it's all about the techniques. So you really want to make sure you're, you know, um, presenting techniques that actually work. Mm -hmm. And, and that's how, you know, that's how you stay true. Sure. And so for people that have no idea about these techniques, why should um, they care about face fitness? Like maybe debunk any myths that it's just all superficial or that it doesn't work because I see your face every day on Instagram and ladies and gentlemen, her skin is like amazing. So trust me, it does work. So yeah, debunk anything that's like, oh, it's, you know, it's not necessary, or it doesn't do anything, or it's just, you know, some silly trend, something like that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I honestly don't feel like I'm here to like convince anybody. I, I think that it's actually a really good thing. If you think it's superficial, or if that's where you are in your journey of like, um, uh, outside health, outside skin health, because my whole um mission from the very beginning was you know um can i hook women in the the kind of women that i feel like i used to be where i only cared about exterior or the superficial things um can i hook those women in by saying um you know i can like help you clear your face or um when i was a fitness instructor slim your waist lift your butt you know all of those different um exterior Uh, qualities that people appreciate like can I hook these women in with that um, promise that deliver that but at the same time um, help them feel good and then maybe tap in inwards Mm -hmm. and um, make them you know really feel feel the good feel the goodness versus like just like looking good and glowing from the outside it's really all about glowing from the inside out so um, I don't know exactly what myths are out there. I'm sure there's like a ton. I I know I've heard like, there's no clinical studies to back this or whatever, but that's very, that's like a different argument because, you know, um, a lot of Eastern techniques are not clinically backed. So um, these are all things that I feel like first and foremost for me is 
it makes me feel good. Actually, I, I feel like I look better also after doing some of the workouts. That is what uh, propels me forward with that. That's a perfect segue actually into the next part of the book that I wanted to read because it makes so much sense. I didn't think about it. The line reads, overall, I love the relaxation aspect of face fitness, as well as the elevated sense of of wellness that comes along with creating space and time to get to know your skin and yourself. It is a way to move mindfully while reaping all the exterior benefits. You are working out your skin, but you're also working out your spirit. And it's funny because even I was wondering, like, I don't have time to do this. Why should I care? But we work out, you know, our mental health, we do exercises for that. I do yoga every day. And then I was like, well, your skin is like the biggest organ of your body. Like, why wouldn't you? I kind of debunked the own myth that I had in my head. And when I read that, I was like, oh, duh. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's for anybody. And really, um, you mentioned a really good point. It doesn't, it doesn't take up extra time, you know, um, you're going to wash your face at night and not to be pushy about it, but, you know, adding the affirmations is such a feel good thing to do. Mm -hmm. And there are affirmations included with every single technique. So um, if you're doing one of the exercises while you're toning your face, there's something called face toning in the book, and you can use your toner and tone your face and the there's an affirmation to go along with it. So um, if you learn the technique and the affirmation to go with it, it's super easy to just do it and include it in your in your skincare regimen without adding more time to your your day a lot of people just don't have the time or don't want to make the time you know Mm -hmm. there's definitely so many things that I think a lot of people do like scroll aimlessly on Instagram which I'm guilty of so I think you know we can find two minutes maybe because I know it's not anything long and I think it also is a great addition to just like any morning or evening routine as far as like mental health I know when I started doing a morning routine, it just, it really changed my life as cheesy as that may sound. It's very true. And part of it did include, you know, affirmation. So I, I, I noticed those when I was, you know, going through the book and I think they're super cute and they're helpful. And I love that you included them. Speaking of, you know, reeling in the women that you wanted to, you know, attract, talk about the men, because I feel like, and I know this is a generalization, but I feel like at least, you know, around my, my male friends, they don't care or they, they care, but not enough to actually do anything about it. And what pisses me off the most is like when I see my male friends, they all use like the same soap for their body, for their balls, for their face, and they have nice skin. And then meanwhile, I have my five products and I look at them and their skin is flawless. And it's so annoying. How <laughs> can you make this something that men would be interested in? Or, you know, if there's couples, how can they kind of share this or how can they like get their, their men or just male friends to be interested in it? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good question because you caught me there because I usually say men and women, but I, I just caught myself saying only women, especially in the press interviews and stuff that I've been doing for the book. I always say men and women. So yes, one way that I'm getting the word out is by including that in my verbiage when I speak about it. But also, if you notice in the illustrations, there is one male representation in the book. Out of the six personas that I have in the book, originally, it was four personas. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do an edit, talk to the illustrator, you know, get her to do two more personas. And one was an extra Asian female and an extra male figure. So I wanted diversity. It's a black male. And I also wanted male representation. So I did that with um, the extra two personas that I added. And for me, it's a, 
you know, it's kind of an upfront way of saying there's a man in the book, you know, yeah. it's for men also it's, you know, it's super cute and kind of girly. It's, it's, you know, pink and orange in the cover with a female in the front. But um, I just want to make sure that there is that inclusion that it, that face fitness is gender neutral. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, as far as couples and stuff, like I definitely recommend gifting it to your husband or your boyfriend or your grandfather, whoever it is, because I definitely have um, Ray do a bunch of um, things with my, with my oil. Um, I gifted him my oil. I don't like to give away free product always, but I gifted him my baby glow oil for my store. And, um, I do have him experience. He might not do it for himself. He's not there yet, but I'll do it for him. And he's, he really feels super relaxed doing it. So it's just about like maybe demoing it. Got it. I was going to say when I, before you said he feels super relaxed, I was like, I bet he loves that. Like <laughs> me, anytime I get like a facial, it just, I just fall asleep and it just feels so relaxing. Yeah. So let's talk about the book really quick. Like, I know we've been talking about the book, but how did you even, how did this even happen? Um, the book. Yes. Itself. Like, how did you get yeah. started? I know you mentioned in a journal entry, this is, you, this is like a dream of yours, but how did it actually become, you know, come to fruition? Yeah. You know, Honestly, it's magic. It's such mm -hmm. magic because sometimes, you know, you, it's the cheesiest thing. Your dreams come true, but it really, really does. And it really manifests on its own as long as you let it go. You know, like when you hold on to something so tight, it's it's amazing. It's your dream. You hold on to it tight, but, you know, there's an, a certain level of expectation that comes with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just kind of let it go. And for me, it was not about letting go, but it was like, I kind of just forgot about it because life happened. Yeah. But I always knew, I mean, in my note section, in my phone, I remember starting a new note saying self-care book. And that was supposed to start off like what my book was going to be about, or just like a layout of my chapters or whatever. And this was like years ago. And I came across it recently and I looked at it and literally all it says is self-care book and nothing else. So I never actually even started on it. Um, I just wrote it in like my planner. I'm going to write a book by 2018 or something. Obviously it's 2021. It's way past, but it just happened one day I was uh, giving, I gave birth to Jordan, my son. And a few hours after that, I got an email from Chronicle Books and they had asked me if I wanted to do a book about um, face yoga. And mind you, I mean, if you're into the woo universal stuff, which I am totally into, mm -hmm. it, um, the email was sent on my um, my numbers, which is my birthday numbers 402. And mm -hmm. I even looked into that and was like amazed because, you know, it really truly was a, a dream come true. So Mm -hmm. believe it and yeah. let it go. Yeah. I remember when you like announced it, I was like, holy crap, that is so amazing. So I know I told you congratulations in the beginning, but congratulations again, because that yes. actually inspired me to kind of get back on, you know, writing and doing that, that all that part of my life. I know it's, it, it almost seemed, I don't know if it was magic, but it seemed just, you know, so easy, although I know you've worked hard, you know, all your life. So um, I feel like from the outside, especially if someone doesn't know you personally, it might feel like you have it all, this perfect life, this beautiful family, but I'm sure there were challenges along the way. What would you say oh, yeah. were the biggest challenges as far as the book writing process and just getting all of it, getting face fitness out? Oh, writing the book. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So writing the book, 
Yeah, it's definitely challenging. You always want to make sure you have all your ducks in order. You know, as I, you know, I have a very extensive background in the skincare industry because I was in the marketing side of skincare mm-hmm. or the sales side of skincare, but I was never actually, you know, a sit down esthetician. So I felt like I needed to have some kind of like something a little bit more official. So I did get my esthetician's license. Um, while I was writing the book just to get that Uh kind of like confirmation, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the other different challenges were probably just, by the way, the challenge was figuring out all of that while having the kids. Yeah. A little, so that was the challenge. I mean, going to school itself was like amazing because I'd be like, drop them off at school, run to class. And that was like my favorite thing. But as far as like challenges, you know, I, I definitely remember really long nights, you know, putting the kids to bed Mm -hmm. and then writing until and coming up with different techniques and experimenting and all of that until like two, three in the morning and then forgetting about my own self-care while writing a self-care book. Yeah. That tends to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then waking up at 8 a.m., getting the kids ready for school or whatever it was. Um, Jordan was just a newborn at that time. So it was just Ariel that I had to get ready for school. Um, and then doing that whole thing uh, without that much help, of course, I had the support, but it was just like, you know, mom life. So yeah. I think that was probably the biggest challenge is, you know, trying to juggle it all while trying to get the sleep and, and all of it. Sure. I can't even imagine. <laughs> what were your kind of like essentials or what would you, yeah, for you, what worked personally for you that kind of like got you in the mood or motivated or put you in a place where you can... Right. And I'm not talking about like, you know, like laptop or like pen and paper, you know, things like that. But, you know, whether um, to have you emotionally or mentally prepared, like what are some essentials that you always had or that helped a lot? Yeah. So self-care wise, I think I think a lot of the work, the inner work that I did in the past, you know, really prepped me up for what, you know, there's like a very common um, quote out there that says, when preparation meets opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're ready for it, it'll come to you. And I remember thinking, I want to include my affirmations, but what are the, what, you know, what am I going to write? Like, what am I, how am I going to come up with all of this? And I remember using my own personal affirmations from before for the book. And the affirmations in the book are my actual affirmations that um, really helped me during my challenges. So I'm such a big believer on the affirmation part and the thought process and the, um, the words behind everything. So for me, I think it was truly the affirmations. That was like the tools that I needed in order. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they were just like some that you collected, but I think that's so special that they're ones that you've actually used in the past and brought you to the book. That's awesome. Yes, exactly. What advice would you give aspiring writers. I know, I think in general, you said, you know, when you have a dream to kind of just, you know, have it, but also let go of like the expectations, which I truly believe. I think Gabby Bernstein talk, talks about it when you like manifest with the universe over manifesting it and, you know, kind of sitting there like, why isn't it happening? Why is it happening? But you have to kind of let go. So I understand that part. So yeah. What advice would you give anyone that's kind of, that wants to write and is just feeling like it'll never happen for them or currently writing, but just feeling stuck and unmotivated. You know, I, I've been in a lot of clubhouse rooms actually recently and um, 
so addicting. But I've been <laughs> in a lot of like, yeah, writers' rooms and everything, and a lot of people self-publish, and that is such an option that you can do for yourself. A lot of self-published authors are so super successful, and you don't have to wait around to be picked up by somebody. It's you know something you can just do a little bit a day. There's one really great example. Um, her name is Gala on Instagram, Gala Darling. And what she did was she created um, free resources every day with it. She's like a, a, a mental health coach as well. Like she's in that space. Um, so she wrote resources periodically. And these were resources that she would offer to her followers, her community um, for free. Mm-hmm. And over time, this collection of material, she created a book out of it. And because she was writing as she was building her community, by the time she came up with this book and was ready to sell it, she already had her audience, she already had her community and it became an instant bestseller. Mm-hmm. So that's like a really for me, that was a very inspiring story for aspiring writers because, you know, you can start doing it little by little. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be like a whole book in like a month. It could just be little by little over time and really creating what you want to build over time versus like stressing over it. You sure. know, I think the slow build out way is really a great option for writers. And, you know, that's what I think that's like a a very tangible tip that I can give. Yeah. I'm definitely going to follow her because as an inspiring writer, that definitely, that, that hits a chord. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that there, you know, you don't have to wait around and you don't have to do everything, you know, right away and scramble because I'm definitely taking the, the slower route, but I think I'm, I'm where I should be. This is a funny question, but I had to ask because it's in the book at the end. And I think he also, Ray also posted it something like in the dedications, it says, and to my husband, Ray, thanks, man. And I obviously have to ask you about that because it's hilarious. Like I know I got a little glimpse of a relationship. So I think it's hilarious. I'm I'm sure it's some sort of inside joke, but if you can just kind of talk about that, because I feel like if someone else read it, they'd be like, that's it. That's all. And, you know, that's the kind of shock, shock value that I kind of wanted to end the book with uh-huh. um, because we go so deep in the book and I go so deep in the intro and everything. I felt like a little shock value end with just that, you know, uh-huh. would be amazing. I loved um, it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but yes, it is an inside joke. And we always like, we always poke fun at each other. We have a very playful rela- relationship and we're very close and all of that. But um, we always try to like do jabs at each other to like, he's very, he doesn't get offended and I don't get offended. We don't mm-hmm. take it personally like ever. Mm-hmm. So it's just the thing that we say to each other. Like I, I think me and my um, Tyler, our son uh-huh. Tyler, and I, sometimes we, t- we have like really long winded stories and um, he'll end with, Hey man, thanks. You know, <laughs> like four Good minutes talk. of my life. Yeah. So um, I think while I was writing the book, I just always found that so hilarious because we'd be telling this like thing and you're like, Oh my God, when is this over? And you know, he just blurred out, 
hey man, thanks. And it would just be the funniest thing. So we have all these little things that we do, little quirks, and it is an inside joke. So I'm, I'm really happy that you found it funny because I wasn't sure people were going to get it or whatever, but I didn't care. It was just for me and him. So um, that, yeah. that was what that was. I know I loved it. And I thought it was hilarious for the rest. I have one more, just last question for my main questions before we kind of go into the, the rapid fire round, but what is next for you? You're, you're an author, you're a mother, you have a baby on the way and you know, your wife and what, what do you want to do next? Yeah. Thank you for that. So I'm giving birth in like two and a half weeks. So that's mm-hmm. happening in my personal life, but um, I am very focused on building out and building up um, Sunina Skin, which is my skincare brand, and very intentional with that work right now. And I would also like to, uh, you know, I would like to write another book. And the ideas are flowing with that. I'm just figuring that part out with my publisher. Um, I, I don't want to overwhelm myself at the moment. So I'm just kind of thinking baby business book you know, family, business, and book. So those are the three things that are always at the top of my mind. Got it. Awesome. And now for the fun questions, they're just going to be pretty simple questions. Try not to think too much into it. Just kind of like the first thing that comes. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what is the worst skin product or procedure or practice that you've heard about? And it doesn't have to be one that, you know, that was on the news or anything. It could be someone that like, you know, your friend told you and you're like, what? No. Oh, um, this is tough because I know it's rapid fire. <laughs> think about this. I, I don't, I don't judge any. I don't. I can't judge anybody for the things that they do. So this is a really tough question. But for me, okay, personally, me, I would never touch my face as far as surgery. It's, surgery is such a big thing in Korea. Like everybody gets plastic surgery, and I'm not saying all Koreans have plastic surgery. I'm just saying it's such a big thing in Asia to get plastic surgery. And that's just one thing that my mom always said from very little, don't ever touch your face. Don't ever touch your face. So it's just ingrained in my mind to never touch my face. And so um, that, I think that that's going to be it. Plastic surgery. Got it. And I know, well, maybe not so recently, but you know, you, for so long, I always looked at you and Ray as like Mr. and Mrs. New York. Um, but I know you now live in Florida. What is uh, the the best and worst thing about living in New York and the best and worst thing about living in Florida? And it doesn't have to be, you know, in-depth things. It could be just something funny or little that like something petty, you know? Oh my God. Okay. So New York pizza. I don't know why that comes to my mind first. Uh, there's so many incredible things the, about the New best York. Thing? Uh, the best thing near pizza, Broadway shows. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, entertainment value, all that kind of stuff. The worst thing about the, the smell of piss going anywhere <laughs> in every corner, probably mm-hmm. the worst of New York. And, you know, we're still Mr. And Mrs. New York because we still have a New York mind, heart, everything. I don't think mm-hmm. that will ever leave me living in Florida. Okay. The best thing of, about Florida are like just the same weather all year long. It's amazing. The palm trees, you just feel like you're on a permanent vacation. Mm-hmm. The worst thing is probably the lack of culture only because there probably is a lot of culture in Florida. It's just that if I have to compare it to New York, it's just, um, you know, not the same. It's probably not all in like the same area, right? You have yeah. To like like it's not just like yeah. all right here for me. I got to go there I got to drive 40 minutes here to get that mm-hmm. or, you know, what it, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. it's not as accessible and we're not as spoiled. Sure. Uh, so you mentioned also in the book that at 29, you know, you felt very lost. What is one piece of advice you would give your 29 year old self now? 
um, uh, wow. Okay. 20 Sorry, I know these were supposed to be like quick, but I, <laughs> a little bit, I kind of want to think about it. But. I would just say, um, it is all going to happen. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Yeah. I love it. That got me choked up. Wow. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, look, I read it. Yeah. I'm um, a 29-year-old self. And then what are the first words that come to mind when I say the following words? Just one word. The first one is Tyler. Love. My love. Jordan. Oh, my gosh. My <laughs> tough boy. My little <laughs> tough boy. All of his crazy little angry eating faces. Hilarious. <laughs> Um, okay, Ariel. My feisty, fierce baby. Uh, Ray. Oh my gosh, my everything. <laughs> uh, and then the, I don't know if there's a difference between Ray and Ray Tuan. When I met Ray, he was Ray Tuan. Is there a different word that comes to mind when you think Ray Tuan? <laughs> He's gonna kill me for this one, but he was a rapper before and I think that was his rap name Ray Tuan or something um oh, back, that is back then, you know like everyone is a rapper everyone was a rapper back then mm -hmm. so um, yeah I think that was his rap name <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna kill me for that one did, did I know that I don't think I knew that I'm so like, glad I asked Ray Kwan. there was Ray Kwan. Yeah, I know Ray Kwan, which and it made, so it makes sense I figured yeah. that's where he got it from but I didn't know that he actually <laughs> I, I, think go DM actually, him after this. I think he was actually pretty good. <laughs> okay. okay. I might have to see if he remembers any of his, any of his lyrics. Watch out, uh, Jin. I, yeah. Jin the rapper. I'm really, really glad that I asked that question. <laughs> I enjoyed this so much. It was so nice catching up. I know you're on the podcast, but it was just nice to talk to you in general. I hope I get to visit you all sooner than later. Um, but please tell everyone where they can find you, your products and your book. Yeah, thank you so much, Abby. This was really incredible. Your questions were so on point and I really, really enjoyed this. Um, so you can find my book, Face Fitness Everywhere Books Are Sold. They're at Barnes and Nobles, um, Target, Walmart. If you're more of a electronic book person, um, it's on Kindle and Apple Books, Everywhere Books Are Sold. And then suninaskin.com is my skincare line and you can find me on IG it's patricia san pedro underscore 